Even through a global pandemic, the blueberry industry continues to develop and expand its markets around the world. But in order to be strategic with our efforts, we need to truly understand these consumers. The question we ask the consumers is, if they knew more about the healthy aspects of blueberries, would they buy more? And the answer was an overwhelmingly yes. So interesting to know, even though this country is most aware, they want more. They want to be fed more information. They want to learn more about the specific health attributes. And knowing that, they would purchase more blueberries, specifically more U.S. blueberries. In today's episode, I'm joined by Kelly Ewan and our own Alicia Adler to discuss the findings from our recent global consumer research study that focused on blueberry consumers in Asia. This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Well, welcome back to another episode of The Business Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. We are fresh off our tech symposium and fall meetings and ready to dive right back in with another episode of our podcast. Today's show takes us into the interesting and very important world of market research. It's important for us as an industry to be strategic and intentional with our efforts. And in order to do so, we look to experts like our guest today to help us navigate through the changing consumer dynamics that exist out there. So joining me today for this episode is co-host, our very own Vice President of Global Business Development at USHBC and NBC, Alicia Adler. Welcome back, Alicia. Thanks, Casey. Well, I don't know about you, but last week was incredible in Oregon. I know for those who were attending both in person and virtually, it was a pleasure to see them all. And of course, excited to be back to an in-person event, but also to share with so many who attended virtually all the things that we're doing as USHBC and NABC to advance both organizations' strategic plan and to drive the category forward. So it was just, I think, a great opportunity for us as two organizations doing all this great work. Included in that work is a lot of research that goes into understanding our markets. And so today... To kick things off, maybe we could explain to everyone you know, how this episode connects to some of those things that we talked about last week and really how this fits into another great installment of your global market series. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, just about the meetings in Oregon, I just want to say it was really great to be together in person and have those conversations that we've been having over Zoom for the past year and a half face to face. And I, I really appreciated all the collaboration and discussion we had. So happy to be back and back at it. But this particular episode is, as you said, focused on market research. Over the past two years, the Export Committee through you know, its various programs has been trying to really assess not only the market opportunity size, but also understand the consumer in all of our target export markets. And this particular research project is really that last piece that we wanted to explore 
Last year, the Export Committee funded a global opportunity assessment for the ingredient market internationally. And we really honed in on the market segments, the categories, the companies that are really incorporating more blueberry products internationally. And that really drove the strategy for our food manufacturing program this year and moving on. We also did a um, health messaging audit last year where we looked at what the major health concerns are within each of our target markets. And this particular study kind of wrapped all of that together and really looked at what's going on with the consumer. And it was really timely to do in the midst of this global pandemic because we got real-time data and insight on what was happening in a time that's really going to impact the next several years and how how the pandemic has affected purchasing habits, preferences, and perception of fruit. And so it was very comprehensive, funded in part by our grant programs, in particular, the Agricultural Trade Promotion Program. And it was pretty comprehensive. We looked at markets um, in Southeast Asia, and then also the Philippines and Vietnam and China. And going back to what we shared at our fall meetings back in Oregon, the industry can already see how we're really trying to be very strategic in country to country and how this particular study, which not only will help us, but we want to help the industry, you know, their own business planning, their own promotional efforts that they may do with their own trading partners. This study has not only consumer insight in terms of how they rank origin to price, to quality, to taste, to health benefit, but also where they're shopping, how they're using blueberries, how they're using frozen blueberries, how they're using dry. I mean, it really was global, not in the sense of geographical, but in terms of content and topic. And so what we're going to use this study for is not just benchmarking, but also driving and influencing what we do next and next. And so we're not just doing the same program in country to country to country. Our representatives in country are charged with taking the specific data, the specific findings, and tailoring a program that will really influence and meet the needs of consumers in these countries. Excellent. Well, I know these types of benchmarks, if folks were kind of queuing in on our new strategic plan, how much this sort of work is helping us not just frame how we move forward from here, but again, like you said, how we're going to benchmark against where we are today and that future forward. So I'm looking forward to hear what you and our guests have to share with us. And speaking of that guest, why don't we jump right into it and have you introduce everyone to who we have joining us today? So we have on the show today, Kelly Ewan, who is a partner at Rose Research. They're a full-service market research consulting firm. They're pretty familiar with the blueberry industry. They worked on a, a research study back in 2019 in the food manufacturing sector. Kelly has more than 20 years of experience in the marketing research business, of course, with Rose Research, but also with Euro Monitor Reports and Publishers Clearinghouse. He's been great to work with through this global consumer research study. He and his team have been always available, very insightful, and ready to answer any of my questions that come up along the way. Kelly, could you share a little bit more about what Rose Research does and how you approach this project specifically? Sure, absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it. Great to be here virtually. Hopefully next time we'll be in person. So Rose Research, we're a full-service global market research agency. We work for, in addition to blueberries, we work for quite a few government-funded commodities. Several are in the produce industry. We work 
like I said, all over the world. We are global. We do quite a bit of work in China, the Philippines, Vietnam, Southeast Asia, as well as everywhere from uh, Europe to Africa to South America and the Middle East. So we've been doing projects like this. We consider this a global evaluation for over 30 years now. As Alicia mentioned and Casey mentioned, it is extremely important to evaluate your promotional programs and even more important to benchmark the data of where you are today as you begin to grow your programs in these specific markets among consumers and also among the trade. And I mean, as you said, in benchmarking, you know, a lot of this was really driven by our need to not only establish benchmarking for our grant programs, such as a requirement of receiving foreign agricultural service funds, but also, you know, as Casey mentioned, rolling out our new strategic plan, these findings were really to kind of set the stage of where we're starting from at this point in time. When you work on a global evaluation, you know, can you really speak to kind of how you start what are the methods that you used from country to country really determine what we needed to ask and how we asked it? Absolutely. So the way we approach each and every project is with some background research. We study what you guys are doing in the marketplace today, how long you've been in there, as well as what your future plans are, as you mentioned, your strategic plan, whether we develop questions not only to, again, serve the purposes of performance measures that FAS and USDA and people in the government like that require, but we also want to provide you guys with information of, is your strategic plan on point? If it is, fantastic. How can we grow it moving forward? And if it's not, how should it be altered to serve the consumers and the trade in each given country? And, you know, as we were kind of pulling in all the data and looking at the findings and really figuring out what we wanted to use as our benchmark, a good problem to have. I said, wow, we're pretty far advanced in, you know, a lot of these areas in terms of consumer preference. Blueberries are very popular. Consumers already have a very positive perception of blueberries around the world. Now, there's different variations of, you know, how often they purchase them or or what their price point needs to be, you know, things like that. But in one of the conversations we had was is this normal? I mean, how, and I've worked with other specialty crops and I mean, it's a good problem to have, but you know, from your experience working with many more industries outside of specialty crops, like, you know, how do the findings that you found with blueberries compare to other commodities? So the blueberry industry, specifically the U.S. blueberry industry is in a very unique position in many of these markets as there's a lot of common findings in China and the Philippines and Vietnam and Southeast Asia in terms of positive blueberry attributes. The consumption is extremely strong and high in all of these markets. They're familiar with blueberries. They eat them often. They buy them often. When they run out of blueberries, they make a special trip to the store to buy more. That is different than what we see with a lot of other commodities we work with, produce items, the perception of the U.S. in these marketplaces, specifically when referring to blueberries, is very strong. It's favorable. Most of the consumers in China, I think there were about 40% or so that were aware of U.S. blueberry production, and I think almost all of them have tried them and were happy with them. And um, that's a really unique position to be in, in a country where you're just getting started and 
starting to grow the program, you already have an extremely favorable perception among consumers there. Well, I feel like we're leaving everyone on the edge of their seats wanting to know more about the results of this study. But before we let Kelly share more of these findings, let's take a quick break for our crop report. The blueberry harvest has almost entirely transitioned from North to South America, but there are still updates to share. So here, once again, is your blueberry crop report. It's time for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today, you'll hear from Luis Vegas in Peru, and Frederico Baya in Argentina. This was recorded on October 6th, 2021. Good morning, everybody. I am Luis with the crop report from Peru up until the end of week 39, which is the week from September 27th until October 3rd. So up until week 39 of the season, Peru has shipped a total of 215 million pounds of fresh blueberries worldwide. From this overall volume, 55% has been shipped to the US, 27% to Europe, 15% to China, and 2% to other destinations. During week 39, a total of 26.3 million pounds were shipped, uh, representing a slightly lower volume than the previous week. From this volume, 57% has been shipped to the US, uh, which represents almost 15 million pounds and are expected to arrive the US around the third and fourth week of October. 30% uh, was shipped to Europe, 11% to China, and 2% to other destinations, including Canada, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Panama, Hong Kong, Qatar, Singapore, Thailand, Taiwan, and India. Our, our latest forecast for, for season 2021-2022, well, we expect to grow by 43% in our shipments worldwide. Split by market, we expect to grow uh, by 48% in our shipments to the US, by 19% in our shipments to Europe, and by 117% on our shipments to China. So that's a report for Peru until the end of week 39. Thank you. My name is Federico from the ABC Argentina Blueberry Committee. This will be my first report, so I ask you to be patient. Uh, and week 39, we started uh, very early this season. We started shipping in week uh, 30 this year which is probably two or three weeks earlier than, than a normal season. We ship uh, until today, until week 39, sorry, 2,000 tons, which is 900,000 pounds in total. Out of that, 50% went to, to the US and 40% to Europe and 10% to Asia. This is more or less the report from, from Argentina until today. If we compare... Uh, these numbers against uh, two uh, 2020, we are at, at week 39, we are 65% up in volume in, in, in comparison with uh, 2020. I just was wondering, Federico, how many acres of blueberries do you have in Argentina? Uh, yes, it's a very small number uh, compared with, with Peruvians one. Uh, at this point, uh, we, we have 2.5 thousand hectares, which is probably 5,000 acres.
Well, I want to thank our colleagues in the Southern Hemisphere who continue to carry on these reports during the North American offseason. As a reminder, you can go through the new USHBC website where you'll find our Data and Insight Center to see more data of what's happening in the blueberry industry. We've made this snapshot view of USDA data on production and price an online resource for everyone to access easily and quickly. Make sure you go to ushbc.org forward slash data to check that out. Okay. Let's dive back into today's featured conversation with Kelly Ewan of Rose Research. Thanks, Casey. So I think a good place to dive back in is kind of looking at those high-level findings from the research. We talked about it, although we touched on them a little bit, but what were your key takeaways, Kelly? And then, you know, I'm happy to share mine too, but what were yours when you and your team were first getting this data in? Were some consistencies from market to market as well as differences? Sure. Thanks, Alicia. Why don't we start with the consistencies from market to market? Again, we were in China, Vietnam, the Philippines, and Southeast Asia. What we see across these markets is high blueberry consumption. So we're starting off on a good foot. The consumers in these countries are familiar with blueberries. They eat them often. They buy them often, with the exception of the Philippines, where they wait till their next shopping trip to go and buy more blueberries when they run out. Every other market makes a special trip or some type of additional purchase to go and buy blueberries when they run out. Also a really strong attribute of the product. There is a very strong knowledge of health benefits of blueberries. And when I say that in general, if you ask a question such as, are you aware that blueberries are healthy for you? The amount of respondents that answer that as a yes is very high. That being said, the specific attributes of blueberries, like being high in antioxidants or micronutrients and things like that, that awareness is, is much lower and we could talk about that in a little while. In addition, another finding overall from the 30,000 foot view that these markets have in common is country of origin. Country of origin is important when purchasing blueberries in general. And rolling into that, the U.S. itself has a favorable perception in all of these countries. So while it's important, again, because the consumers are aware of the healthy attributes of blueberries and to promote those aspects, it's also important in conjunction to promote the U.S. origin because the perception itself of the U.S. is favorable in these markets, whereas it might not be in some other markets around the globe. I think it's also important to note who we were serving. Because the industry, you know, as we've been looking more per capita consumption, we're always evaluating that household penetration and per capita consumption in the U.S. We've also been tracking that internationally. And statistically, it's much smaller internationally than it is in the U.S. I mean, by far, it's a fraction. So when we survey, we're surveying consumers that are already familiar with blueberries. And we wanted to know more about what our current target consumer is about. So I just want to make sure that the listeners know we weren't surveying the entire population of these countries. We were really honing in on what our target consumer profile is within our target markets. And that's who we have been marketing to. Again, we're trying to benchmark. So we're trying to understand who have we been communicating to, who have we been reaching through our retail programs and our consumer PR programs, what is going on with them right now? And then, you know, what are they concerned about right now? And then obviously 
a lot of what they're dealing with with COVID-19. So when we say there was high awareness, high awareness among our target consumer group, and that's a really important point to note, right? Yeah, that's a really good point to make. We interviewed consumers um, in these markets who eat blueberries. I think the age range was 18 to 64. And again, we narrowed down that target market into middle income consumers and higher, which typically, and for an export product from the US that's going internationally, that is a typical target market as prices for US produce being exported is usually typically a little higher in export markets than local production or production that's coming you know on the boat a little bit shorter from the US. So to start with this type of target market is where we always start doing this type of research. Moving forward some other day, some other year, if you wanted to bring in potential blueberry buyers, people that are not opposed to eating blueberries that you know, it's a totally different type of study and that's a totally different type of finding. So you start here with your target market. We start to narrow it down even further to see who are your frequent blueberry purchasers and how can you increase consumption among those target market respondents. And we go from there. Yeah. And we kind of went back to that as we had our conversation, like, okay, remember, who are we really talking about? And, you know, one of the first things I said, well, in some of these markets, we just gained market access to them. You know, in China, it was, I mean, not even a year and a half ago. This was really the first season that we were exporting to, and there wasn't a lot of shipments that went there. In Vietnam, it's been since 2019. Now, it's been a really successful market, and we've had really great partnerships with leading retailers. So we know blueberries are in front, you know, our messaging and the retailers are really pushing blueberry. So to me, that shows that that's been effective, but there isn't a whole lot of volume there. So where is that perception coming from? And, you know, as you explained it to me, it's really from, you know, there's, there's a vast range of origins there and they're associating blueberries with more access to them and a positive perception. So when we go to them and ask them, what do you think about USA blueberries? They're saying, yeah, it's a really great product, but it might not necessarily be all official exports from the US. I mean, is that making sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There are so many produce products exported to, and I think in specific, we're talking about China at this point, into China and the US has a very favorable perception for many of them. And I think there's an overhanging halo effect that when you have exported products from the US, specifically produce products that are even in the berry category, you know, they've tried this, they've tried that, they're aware of country of origin, they think that they're buying blueberries from the US and they're they're happy with and favorable toward the product. The takeaway from this, the most important part is there's a favorable perception of your product that's already in these marketplaces, whether they've had it or not, even though they believe they've had it. Right. And so, like, I mean, digging a little bit deeper into that, as Casey said, like the global health halo, I mean, what were some of the unique findings from country to country? Sure. Good question. So, just to talk real quick about the global health halo, health is a is a really, really important aspect of marketing, especially for exported uh, U.S. produce products. Health is a concern across the globe, and products coming from the U.S. have this reputation for being very sustainable, very good quality, 
very safe to eat. And that's extremely important in this COVID era that we have, that the consumers around the world have trust in the products they're getting from us. And um, that's just an important sales aspect in your marketing program to just to be aware of. Going back to your question, Alicia, unique findings, country by country or region by region. We talked about China. Awareness was modest of U.S. blueberries themselves, around 40%. Interestingly, almost all of those respondents, consumers, have claimed to try the product. And in addition to that, have an extremely favorable perception of U.S. blueberries. Moving into Vietnam. Vietnam is concerned with health specifically. They're very aware of the health benefits. They're one of the countries that's even most aware of the specific health benefits of blueberries. A question we ask the consumers is, if they knew more about the healthy aspects of blueberries, would they buy more? And the answer was an overwhelmingly yes. So interesting to know, even though this country is most aware they want more. They want to be fed more information. They want to learn more about the specific health attributes. And knowing that, they would purchase more blueberries, specifically more U.S. blueberries. In addition, in Vietnam, compared to the other countries we studied, the other export markets we studied in this study, they had the highest usage of dessert consumption for blueberries, as well as using them in smoothies and green salads. Different than other countries, they're using them in different ways. So we talk about versatility. They're on that path. Another thing to know with your marketing program is that they're open and interested into using blueberries in different ways. Good to know. They're already starting to do that more so than other countries, and they're interested in it. You know, of the markets that we included in this study, Vietnam has been our largest promotion program. So it's still a new market. It opened in 2019. And you know, to me, when I hear those studies, I'm thinking, or those results, I'm thinking something's working, like it's working, right? Because all of our messaging is about the specific health benefits. It still shows like they want to know more. And that's where we'll link the results of our health study of like, what specifically do they care about? And what can we really explain that blueberries helps with? But also with our retail partners, we've been really encouraging blueberries in new recipes and new uses, new formats, you know, cause we didn't just include fresh, this included frozen and dried as well. So when I think about the results of the study, and then I also look back and see what we've been doing in country through USHBC as with the grant funds in particularly, you know, something's working and we've been the only organization in Vietnam promoting blueberries. So I'm really pleased with those results. Absolutely. It's a sign of a successful marketing campaign because we're seeing these findings specific to Vietnam. We pulled them out as unique. The numbers and percentages are higher here compared to the other export markets we studied. And considering this is part of your promotional program, it's absolutely a successful program and should be continued and reinforced. And based on these findings, they, they want to learn more. They're, they're looking for more information. So it's, it's really positive toward the industry. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break here for our marketing boost. We'll be right back to this conversation in a moment. But for now, here's USHBC NABC Vice President of Marketing and Communications, Jennifer Sparks. Thanks, Casey. The health factor of blueberries is one of the fruit's greatest selling points. 
With November being Diabetes Month, it is a key power period in USHBC's promotion of blueberries, and we want the industry to be able to join us in this opportunity. 10% of the U.S. population has diabetes, and 34% have prediabetes. So this is an important opportunity to educate people. The American Diabetes Association notes that fruit can fit into a diabetes-friendly meal plan. In fact, scientific evidence supports the role blueberries play in diabetes management. Not only can they help satisfy a sweet tooth, but blueberries provide the added benefit of essential nutrients like fiber, vitamin C, manganese, and vitamin K. This is important news to share, and USHBC will be adding special emphasis throughout November through our social media, public relations outreach through our Blue Crew health experts, digital advertising, and more. We know our industry stakeholders like to plan your marketing ahead, so we provided the Diabetes Month Toolkit with a wealth of resources to help you. You'll find promotional advice, social graphics, digital ads, diabetes-friendly recipes, and tip sheets for both consumers and health professionals. There's enough to fill the whole month, and it's all right there at your marketing team's fingertips. Just grab and go. To access these resources, go to ushbc.org toolkits and click on National Diabetes Month. This has been your Marketing Boost. Thank you for your partnership as together we inspire the world to grab a boost of blue. Casey, back to you. Thanks, Jenny. Now back to today's episode with Alicia and Kelly Ewan. Well, what does all of this mean in the context of the pandemic? You know, and the council's been taking a look at how purchasing and shopping trends and habits have changed in the United States. But we also need to keep in mind, you know, the pandemic is in different stages around the world. And what we've been trying to do is be more creative with how we're communicating with our consumers and then also trying to provide them as much access to blueberries in any form. So, you know, when, when you say that when they're out of blueberries, they, they go out and seek more, it's important to know it's not necessarily running to the grocery store and back it's ordering it on their phone and how easy that is to, when you're out of something, you know, you can go on your shopping app or whatever online portal they use. And they're able to order more. And that access is so important. It's really been, you know, propelled by the pandemic and the necessity for those channels. So to me, obviously the health message and then the demand for nutritious food products has obviously increased over the past year and a half, but also the accessibility to food through these alternative channels and going the traditional supermarket. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the consumer behavior during COVID has changed. Specifically, as you mentioned, there's different phases of COVID and they they tend to go up and down. Unfortunately, they don't just stay down. They, they tend to come back and, in some areas and affect the consumer behavior. So what we've seen is that specifically to the Asian market is that consumers are in what we're calling, you know, the new normal. They're not necessarily going to the market to purchase blueberries specifically a few times a week. Again, they can order from their phone. When the COVID rates are lower, they want to be in person, but the frequency of the in-person shopping with, with all of the online options now has gone down. 
at least in the very near future, is not going to come back to where it was pre-COVID levels. So again, there's a lot of opportunity to utilize social media, retailers' websites, things like that. Marketing plans, I guess the buzzword is pivot based on the COVID levels and shift from whether it's in-store sampling, which in Asia is really low right now, to advertising through social media and retailers' websites and coupons and deals and things like that, that are online-based because that's where the consumers are shopping. They're not leaving. So it varies based on COVID levels. Again, the thought is they'd love to get to the store, but a lot of them won't go when the levels are high. And there's restrictions in place. And along those lines, you know, it's not going to change very soon. We need to always be able to pivot and have that plan in place. And, you know, I, I really commend our international teams that have really been working very closely with the importers and retailers to have those plans in place. And just wrapping up here, our audience here are growers and they're exporters. Speaking to them, what are your key takeaways from this study and what can help them with their business looking ahead and not just fresh, but frozen and ingredient products as well? So there is a good amount of opportunity in all of these countries and regions that we studied for the U.S. blueberry market. The perception of the product is very strong. The trade members that we talk to are interested in receiving product from the U.S. They'd like to receive and get promotional help from the blueberry industry in order to market the product. Specifically, as we talked about earlier, fresh is you know, predominantly the, the type of blueberry being consumed, but there's interest and there's excitement in terms of frozen blueberries and dried blueberries of growing that. This is just a benchmark study. I expect as we continue to look at these markets in the future, those numbers to go in the upward direction. And at the end of the day, we're here to help you sell more product. And based on our experience in these markets, uh, you certainly have a really good opportunity to do just that. Well, great. Uh, Again, thank you, Kelly, for being on the episode today. We really appreciate it, all the work that you've been doing and certainly the work yet to come. So thank you very much. Okay, Alicia, another informative and I think for our audience, a helpful episode about you know what we're doing, what you do. These global markets aren't always easy to navigate or to understand, but they are so important for the future of blueberries. What do you hope our listeners take away from today's episode? Well, what I hope our listeners take away is this confirmation that blueberries are in a really good position internationally with consumers, even more than in the United States, consumers in our target export markets really value the health benefits. I mean, in all of our markets, over 80% of consumers responded that they believe blueberries have more health benefits than other berries and also over other fruit products. And that's consistent with what we see in the United States as well. 
So that was really positive. As Kelly said, when you break that down, they don't know exactly why they're healthy (laughs) or what the specific benefits are. And that's where we need to kind of reinforce that information. And also another key takeaway that we've already been communicating as we were initially getting these responses back is that price is not a major driving factor of their purchasing decision. It's health benefits, origin, quality, taste, and experience. And they will pay a high price for this product because it's healthy for them. And it is from a reliable source from the United States. They trust the origin and they enjoy eating it. And they will actively seek out more of it when they're done. I can't imagine a better situation to be in than among consumer marketing and PR than that. Our barrier is having access and a consistent supply to be able to ship to that country. You know, I mean, I don't want to diminish the barriers and the challenges of exporting, but the opportunities there, we need to get there. We need to access the opportunities. Well, and I know we we talk about that in terms of where we see these opportunities, but this always reminds me of when we get into these conversations is that we could get pretty myopic about where we're trying to market our blueberries relative to the United States. And yet when we sit and listen to you know information that has been well studied, in this case with Rose Research, you really see that there is a global opportunity that I also feel really great about because as USHBC, we have the resources and industry to kind of introduce these opportunities and be more clearly focused on where to best tackle those marketing opportunities and those barriers with consumers around the world. So what I love about this is we're not throwing darts here, right? This is an episode that really shows the depth of understanding we aspire for the planning and execution. And I know also that, you know, we're walking a line here with some of where our dollars come from as a program that, you know, go to promote USA blueberries. But really, our vision for what information like this tells us as an industry is something that is about developing marketplaces for blueberries year round, right? We want more markets to look like the US market in other parts of the world. And so again, a great episode of really sharing the knowledge. I don't know who else does this work and able to share it uh, like we've shared it today and really give people some perspective on what that runway really looks like out there beyond the US market in places that we're learning about. And they're learning about blueberries and they're learning about you know what it is that blueberries bring to their life. And of course, a lot of our program is driven with program dollars that are directed towards marketing USA blueberries, but it's so much more than that. And there's so much more opportunity than, than we realize. So again, a great episode, Alicia. I really appreciate you bringing this to our attention. Well, that's it for episode 68. If you or your company are interested in learning more about export markets, feel free to reach out to Alicia. She's a tremendous resource, as you've gotten to know for our industry, about accessing these global markets. So do not hesitate to reach out. You can find all of her contact information on our website at ushbc.org. Thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries. Blueberries.